You know, most problems in healthcare are fixed already. Primary care is already cured on the fringes. Reversing burnout, physician shortages, bad business models, forced buyouts, factory medicine, high deductible insurance that squeezes the docs and is totally inaccessible to most of the employees. The big squeeze is always on for docs. It's the acceleration of cost and the deceleration of reimbursements. I want you to meet those on this show that are making a difference with host Ron Barshop, CEO of Beacon Clinics. That's me. Welcome to the 10 Lies Show for 2021. Here are the 10 lies that we're going to be talking about today. Um, The first is that independent PCPs are soon dinosaurs. You got to work for a big to stay alive. Number two, there are not enough primary care providers. And number three, our health declines always and at best maintains as individuals as a nation. Number four, costs of care only rise, rise, rise. Number five, COVID is almost single-handedly killing our hospitals. Number six, there is no Superman or Wonder Woman to save us all. Next is docs are powerless to radically reverse bad habits. Next, money solves most healthcare's ginormous headaches. And your insurance broker or advisor cares about you. And the final one is there are no easy fixes in healthcare. Now, here's what my wife, Terry, says when I tell a big lie. She smiles and says, oh, for heaven's sake, Ron. She's from the Midwest. I said, hey, I have good sleep hygiene the other day. And she said, oh, Ron, for heaven's sake. So today we're going to go to for heaven's sakes, Phil, and we're going to turn these lies into 10 opportunities, which come from episodes or learning from guests delivering gold to the amazing smarty pants who listen to this show and who love primary care like I do and who see that healthcare is fixed. It's just a patchwork. It's not really scaled yet. So the foundation of all of this theory is that everybody can win in the game of healthcare, the doctor, the employer, the costs, population health, we as consumers. And so we call that the quintuple aim. And it is alive and it is well. And I can tell you from our guests that it is thriving. So that's the framework. Okay, so let's go ahead and go into lie number one, which we also can call opportunity number one, which is that independent PCPs are soon going to be dinosaurs and you got to work for a big. Well, The data is about 70% work for the man today, and C-19 has accelerated that. And there's two reasons, retirement and for sales. Volume dropped seemingly permanently for volume-centric care, which is what most care is today. But here's what is not volume-dependent. Value-based payments are a tiny fraction of fee-for-service, and direct primary care is the same. Those Those are two models that are doing very well right now. Those two models that we learned from Dr. Clive Fields, from Dr. Gordon Chen and Dr. Chris Crow, value-based care did just fine because they're paid on a per member regardless of patient volume. All three of the above represent thousands of PCPs who suffered almost zero if they're pure, not hybrid. So what is a pure value-based care doctor? Well, value-based care, like direct primary care, has many doctors still with one foot in fee-for-service and one foot in monthly capitated pay or membership fees. So ChinMed is full risk, so they are pure. But most of the folks that are in value-based care, um, it's a newer model, so they're still seeing some fee-for-service, which means that they sort of have a foot in one world and a foot in another world that are a lot of, it's a lot of work. And um, I bet most of those folks wish they were pure now. 
So we have lost thousands of independent doctors who have retired early or given in and sold out for a song. So COVID did accelerate the corporatization of primary care dramatically, but it painted a spotlight on these newer models, direct primary care and value-based care that seemed better than fee-for-service or what I call volume-centric care. Okay, number two, there aren't enough doctors out there. Well, you're expecting me to say that NPs and PAs are gonna fill in the gaps as 28 states have now equalized the scope of practice to the level of doctors. So 28 versus 23 states this same time last year. Doesn't that solve the problem by putting all these quote unquote mid-levels up to full scope? Well, maybe. We never had a shortage, I learned from Nora Belcher of the giant Texas-based telehealth alliance and from Dr. Paul Thomas of Plum Health. We had an efficiency problem. Digital first models, what Dr. Jay Parkinson of Crossover Health calls telehealth, are thriving. 98.6, Dr. Brad Youngren explained that they, who serve Walmart, and Jay serves LinkedIn, by the way, and Amazon and Intuit and Facebook, and Google uses many other digital first offerings, and Medici's Clinton Phillips, another guest of our show, offers it to 13 million people and a third of the Fortune 100s. So, There are no associations or think tanks that are actually counting all these guys that are out there doing digital first care, but it's somewhere probably likely at least between 15 and 20 million or more. And it seems there are no shortages of providers because all of these platforms have more applicants wanting that gig than who want a gig in traditional volume-centric in-clinic care. So here's what we learned is that 85% of all office visits are eliminated with this digital first offering. So now this telehealth adoption rates have flourished over the thousand percent with Medicare and private insurance and rural health and shortages should be a worry of the past because fewer people can now handle larger cohorts of panels. So is that the same as a visit in clinic? No, it's much more efficient. We always had an efficiency problem, not a shortage. Number three, our health declines always or at best maintains as individuals as a nation. Jean Teschler is CEO of Wellsmith, and she spoke about reversing diabetes to the tune of 20% in her four clinical trials. Verda Health will be a guest in the future, and they have done the same and better. And everybody who gets better who wants to in these panels, uh, they have lower A1Cs if they're type 2 diabetics. Diabetes right now is 25% of the overall cost of care. So this is really huge news that we are able to put diabetes in remission. We now have hope with digital and team platforms that turn the tide in costs. These models give us lots of hope. And Dr. David Sinclair, maybe one of my favorite guests ever of Harvard, he was a guest who taught us about reversing another disease we all have too. It's called aging. Aging turns out to be a disease. And there are thousands of eminent scientists like him worldwide that are studying this on how to reverse aging. I'd commend you to listen to that episode to learn what the state of the art is in age reversal and what you and I can do and take. Super cool stuff. Number four, costs of care only rise, rise, rise. Well, we now have 10 years of data showing that we having a relationship with a primary care doctor radically reduces costs. And with a direct primary care relationship, ER visits, hospital stays, specialist visits, meds, and all tests and labs decline 30 to 60%. We've had seven DPC docs on the show, and the evidence is crystal clear. And we've also had creative benefit advisors like Rachel Means and Katie Talento and Carl Schusler and Michael Maneri, who sidestepped the bigs and reassembled direct contracts, and clients like Cole Johnson, he's CEO of a top 10 drywall company, and he uses Redirect Health. 
he says you can never ever go back to the Pukas again. Ashley Baco of Rosen Hotels has been on twice. He eliminated all the administrative waste in middlemen, um, offering their own clinics and programs on site at the Rosen Hotel centers in Orlando. And they plow that savings instead of into their own profit into the neighborhood with free college tuition. So crime is almost zip in Tangelo Park and turnover at the hotel is a fraction of their industry. It's like 14% versus 75%. They don't lose people there. So most of these new breed advisors and these companies that are giving these ideas a try are saving 20 to 60% off their healthcare spend. How, as I said earlier, with direct contracts with the health ecosystem and digital first care. See how this is all tying together neatly? And there, some of folks are also using healthcare tourism like that offered by guest Debbie Shetty, world eminent cardiologist, and Dutch Rojas. So these are key tools in the toolbox I want to tell you, Dutch, if you're listening, keep posting like the wind, buddy. Number five, COVID almost single-handedly killed our hospitals. Well, this lie is simply a flat-out lie. It's not really an opportunity because after three quarters of reporting profits, it turns out that these big hospitals never needed a bailout. They made out extremely well with a $175 billion Marshall Plan that we gave them. The politicians voted unanimously for that one. It was bigger in real dollars than the original Marshall Plan that got us world peace and trading partners. This Marshall Plan gave us nothing in return. It just boosted strategic reserves that we now know the top 20 big systems had, which was over $105 billion. COVID accelerated every trend I've mentioned above, but it did not hurt the big systems nor private equity. It paid for their country club memberships, their skyboxes and their buyout funds, and it padded bonuses. Thank you, Marnie James Carey, who heads the Association of Independent Physicians, who told us all about that, and was also an investigative journalist before that. I'd commend you to the Marshall Allen Show, also of ProPublica. He's a superstar there, and he outs the bigs, egregious billing practices, and condemning the poor to a life of never-ending debt. All right, number six, there is no Superman or Wonder Woman to save us. Well, this is the end of your promise I made last year, so I'm going to out that Superman uh, or Wonder Woman, and it is the employers. And they're waking up. They alone, the employers can choose to sidestep bigs and the shameful outcomes and the unsustainable cost bumps. Most larger than 300 are self-insured, meaning they take the risk on themselves and then they hire someone like Warren Buffett to take the scary stuff on. And they'll be joining the Silicon Valley and Walmart and Rosen Hotels of the world and countless more who have found creative ways to sidestep these middles that are not really looking out for us, but looking out for themselves. And I promised you, as I said a year ago, to show you the Messiah, the Moses, who can cure primary care and by extension health care. It's self-insured employers, if I haven't been crystal clear. Boom shakalaka. If you want to really listen to another favorite episode, episode 73 had Rachel Means and her client, Charlie Cano, who's with the local provider of cable and internet. And also listen, as I said, to the Cole Johnson episode, neither CEO can ever imagine going back to these dark ages of lost control, wasted benefits spend. Those are two of my favorite shows. Next is the docs are powerless to reverse bad habits. Well, I mentioned earlier, Gene Teschler of Wellsmith is reversing type two diabetes in remission, 20% of her patients. And every year that's a fresh 20%. So it's hundred percent after five years. And Dr. David Sinclair, who was very specific on what you can take tomorrow to reverse your age. The next is 
money solves most healthcare's ginormous headaches. I don't even know that I need to go here or even include this on the list because employers who work with creative benefit engineers are saving now 20 to 60% on their second biggest spend. After labor, it's going to be healthcare. We've all featured um, over and over again redirect health and crossover health, and as I said, Rosencare, and many others mentioned above, like 98.6. The Silicon Valley big brands and Walmart are on this train. Money saved is sweet money. Money solves nothing, but save money solves everything. Next is your insurance broker or advisor cares about you. I want to be really black and white and clear on this one is 98% of the brokers and insurance and advisors for health insurance do not re-engineer health spend like the guests I've talked about previously. The exceptions, as I said, Michael Maneri, Rachel Means, Carl Schusler, Katie Talento. And there's a, if you remember, uh, Health Rosetta, we had Dave Chase on the show last year. Anybody that comes from that family, they are uh, looking out for you because they're completely transparent and they're going to break everything up and sidestep these massive systems that are out to uh, take care of themselves first. So if your advisor is delivering to you another rate increase with a buka, they love their kids' college fund more than they care about you. If you're an advisor, if you don't get on this train, you're going to find yourself losing to clients for those who are on the train in the coming years. It's pure defense by being proactive. Next is there are no easy fixes in healthcare. You know, the whole purpose of this show is to interview people who are finding the massive fix. And I've interviewed so many people who are fixing primary care and so by extension healthcare. It's the gist of everything I do and who I invite. So suffice it to say, there are mega trends at work here. Digital first care, I'm going to repeat, known also as telehealth, is on fire with a thousand-fold adoption rate. There's no one can get an appointment now with a doctor, nor if they want to, if they can't get an appointment, you don't want to be among all those sick people. So if you're not using digital first healthcare, you're an outlier today. And direct contracting, as you may know, uh, is direct primary care, but for the larger ecosystem, everybody takes cash in healthcare. In fact, they prefer cash over the headaches of insurance billing and collecting and pre-authorizations. So everybody in care is part of this direct ecosystem, whether they know it or not. That's imaging, that's labs, that's tests, that's surgery, which includes labor and delivery. And even pharmacy can all be purchased direct. Everybody wants cash. The sidestepping of middlemen is all taking a cut in a movement without a name, but I'm guessing at least 20 million employees, as I said, um, via enlightened employers are never going to go back to the dark ages and the dark past to premiums, co-pays, deductibles, pre-offs, and all of that. It's just so last decade. Well, wrapping up episode 100 is our two-year milestone. So we today are looking back at these gold nuggets from the thought leaders we met last year. And if I left out anybody, God, there's so many good people that we had speak this year, but you know who you are. And you know what? The future is now so bright and it's so hopeful and you should be too. And my favorite quotes from the 2020 shows is how I'll close this thing out. And I delightfully do this every year, but I got to tell you, it's harder and harder every year to pick just a few. So let me start with Marshall Allen of ProPublica. And he said, and it's very touching, people are made in God's image. And so we all have value. And that's really what drives him as an investigative reporter. Dr. Clive Fields of Village MD, he just did a billion dollar deal with Walgreens. Um, he said the very interesting thing that primary care has, which no other specialty has, 
is the ability to attribute patients to a physician. So nobody is attributed to a neurosurgeon or attributed to a nephrologist. Uh, nobody's attributed to an orthopedist because they can't impact the total cost of care or their health care needs. Nora Belcher said, uh, our public health infrastructure is just terrible. We are running software from the 1970s and we are sending faxes of case reports from local public health to state public health. And then it's manually being data entered and compiled and sent to CDC. I didn't know that. And then Dr. David Sinclair uh, said a young scientist was doing the experiment and he called me up screaming saying, I can't believe the mouse has broken the treadmill. But nevertheless, it just goes to show you that old age in many ways is reversible. But we're in a world where it's not just theory anymore, it's actually here. So these are the 10 lies in healthcare, opportunities for those of you who are glass half full kind of people. I don't know what 2021 is gonna look like, but stay tuned and we'll figure this out together, okay? This is a year that none of us got what we wanted, but we learned to deeply appreciate what we have. And here's what I have. I have a smart listener like you, and I so enjoy and appreciate this opportunity, and I look forward to bringing you the very best and brightest disruptors who know how to tell their story every week. So a giant hat tip to my brilliant guests, and most important to you for listening. Okay, well, I'll see you on the other side of next year. Thank you for listening. You want to shake things up? There's two things you can do for us. One, go to primarycarecures.com for show notes and links to our guests. And number two, help us spotlight what's working in primary care by listening on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts and subscribing and leave us a review. It helps our megaphone more than you know. Until next episode.